what I really wanted, I knew it, I knew in my life, like I wanted to design my own life. Like I wanted to, as opposed to designing bags, I wanted to design the way that I lived and how mm -hmm. I lived. And, um, and there's, I don't have a day that's exactly the same ever. Um, so that's one of the biggest things, but I noticed when I did take that full-time leap, like my sales went up through the roof. Um, and because I invested in myself, I took that risk on myself. I bet on myself. Hey everyone, welcome to the Power of Why podcast. The Power of Why aims to deliver the message that fulfillment begins with self-awareness. That self-awareness is a muscle, it is a skill, and it requires practice. I want the Power of Why to show you that being the square peg in a round hole is your ultimate superpower. And the only way to achieve that is by being you. So through this platform, I am going to introduce you to women who are in tune with their why and who inspire a different way of thinking, who have inspired me to unlock and embrace the things that make me different. So through this podcast, I hope that listening to the stories of these phenomenal women, that you are then empowered and encouraged to live out your true self. Born and raised in Sacramento, California, Ziamara Rosa Tedda is one half of the Oakland father duo behind Uno F. Whether it's long journeys or daily commutes, she yearned for classic and casual styles with the story. After a trip to Ethiopia, her father, Dania Tedla, brought several leather goods home as gifts for family and friends, only to realize that he needed to go back to Addis Ababa for more. Thus, the birth of Uno Eth began. Upon embarking on this new adventure, and with a background in merchandising and marketing, Ziamara only wanted to deliver quality and timeless pieces that could be worn for years on end, surpassing trendy styles and fads. All Unoeth goods are handmade, 100% Ethiopian leather, and crafted by artisans and small businesses in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. You are in for such a fantastic episode. You know, I was incredibly excited to uh, sit down with Ziamara and listen to her story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Hailey, and today I am joined by Ziamara. Uh, so I'm incredibly excited. You're located in California and yeah. we connected via Instagram. Actually, I saw the amazing work that you were doing and felt like I really had to connect with you. Um, so you started um, Uno Eth in February 2015 and have been working on growing this business for, you know, the past four years full time. Um, it's a father-daughter brand based in, in Oakland, California, and you basically partner with artisans in Ethiopia to craft like really classic pieces. I've, you know, had a chance to take a look at the, um, the leather bags and the different accessories that you create, and they are so beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. I really, so I really love the story of how you, you and your father started Unoet. Um, you know, it was very organic in its inception and growth, so I'd really love for you to share um, you know, your story in that. Talk about what inspired you both to start. Sure, no problem. Um, one, thank you so much, Naomi, for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. And um, yeah, so we started UNOF, like you said, February 2015. Um, and full time for me, August 2017. So, okay. so, and um, so we started, I was working at Pottery Barn as a buyer. Um, and my dad went to Ethiopia to go visit family. 
And um, on his way back, he had brought over a custom-made leather messenger bag as a gift. And I thought, this is a perfect bag. It's great for me to go to work, and it's hands-free, and um, great for me because I had to commute from Oakland to San Francisco every day. Which and, is how far? Which is like an hour. Um, and I had to take multiple mm -hmm. modes of transportation. I had to take yeah. casual carpool. So I got in cars with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> And then I took, and then I walked a mile. And then on the way back, I walked a mile again. And then I took BART, which is the uh, kind of subway system we have here in the Bay Area. And then I walked again. Um, so yeah, it was great. And um, along my journey, my strangers would stop me on the street and ask where I got the bag. I had to tell them, oh, it's custom made in Ethiopia. You can't buy it. <laughs> and um, my friends and coworkers, they kept asking me where the bag come from. They loved it, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, what is going on with this bag? Like, it's a very, like, simple and classically styled bag. I mean, it's, it's an awesome bag. And so I just, yeah. it was just happening over and over again all the time. And the same thing kept happening to my dad because he got a similar bag for himself. Mm. And so he's like, hey, why don't we start a business? And I was like, at the time, I was like, okay, you're crazy because I'm working for this Fortune 500 publicly traded company, corporate, and working my tail off uh, yeah. for hours. And, and I just don't have the time. Um, and uh, so he, time kept passing again, like another month, and we still kept getting all these like questions about our the bag and where we got it. And... Um, then our friends and family started asking, hey, can we place like pre-orders the next time your dad goes to Ethiopia? Right. Yeah. Like, you guys are starting this business kind of for us. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, fuck it. We're just going to do it. And so I, my dad reached out to the artisan that he bought the bag from, and we sent him designs of the bag. I just basically sketched out what we kind of wanted and what the dimensions were. Mm. And um, and this was the bag that you already had, right? That you wanted exactly, to... Yeah, they wanted the bag that I already had. Um, some did say, like, maybe a little bigger so they could fit their laptop in. Right. So I was like, okay, we can just make it a little bigger, no problem. Um, and, and so then we sent over the designs. He sent over samples. We went back and forth on, like, finishing, so say, for, like, um, zippers and all that kind of stuff. And we got about like 10 to 15 pre-orders from friends and family. Wow. And so my dad went back to Ethiopia, came back with suitcases full of leather bags, <laughs> and we sold them. And then they told their friends, and so we had more orders. I'm like, wait, this hasn't even, this isn't even a real You business. haven't even, yeah, like sat down to think about it at this point, yeah. right? So then we just sat down and just like, okay, what's our name? I was like, well, how about Lunaweth? Uno meaning one and F3 Ethiopia. And it kind of symbolizes me and my dad reaching back to our roots in Ethiopia mm -hmm. with um, artisans um, in Addis and, um, and becoming one in that sense. And so I scheduled a photo shoot with the samples we got and I created a website all by myself. And then we started going to like markets and shows and started Instagram and people started to reach out to us and asking us about how they can carry our bags in their stores or and then online orders. And so it just got to a point where I couldn't do a full-time job and my business at that point. And like, I really wanted to see where we could go um, yeah. and like really take it to the max. And I've always wanted to work for myself. So 
yeah, that's this true. is a perfect opportunity to do so, right? Absolutely. With my dad and with something yeah. that I loved and something that made me feel good too. Yeah. So that process from um, when your father came, you know, back from Ethiopia with that gift for you to the point where you've actually been, you know, having people approach you and ask you for um, if they could have a bag as well. What was the period? Was it a few months? Was it a year until, you know, you went, your father went back to Ethiopia to bring all those bags back? Six months. Six months. Okay. From like, got back to um, people. Yeah. Six months. Cause it was from, I would say like August he got back and then like February was when we officially launched our website. Mm -hmm. So six, seven months. Yeah. And a lot of moving pieces. I think, does your father also live in California? He lives in Sacramento, which is an hour and a half from me from Oakland. So yes, he does live in Oakland or in in California. Okay. And there are a lot of moving pieces. I mean, you talked about, you know, getting the right measurements for the, you know, the, early stage bags that you wanted to order from back home um you know coordinating with local artisans there seems to be a lot of moving moving pieces especially in the early days and um i know you have a you graduated with a degree in in marketing you specialize in marketing business administration um and i don't know if you learned anything regarding entrepreneurship and you know starting your own venture so what was the learning curve like for you um, when you were first starting out um yeah so i i with my my career i've worked for both like big companies and also small businesses too so while i work for small businesses i you kind of have to have like an entrepreneur like mindset um and like how to start things from scratch and um and in like my courses like at SF State, um, there were like entrepreneurship like courses and classes. But I also do come from like a family of entrepreneurs. My mom's an entrepreneur, my grandma is an entrepreneur too. Um, so that was just kind of like ingrained in like my DNA. Yeah. Um, but they're like learning how to register your business, like what type of business you're gonna be, a sole proprietorship, partnership, um, LLC. So those are all things that you have to like that you encounter as you go and as you grow. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't know how to import goods, like fill out an um, import entry form with the customs department. Like I had to go on my lunch break and go over and work it out with somebody um, and how to fill out that form. And when our orders started getting bigger and bigger, I just hired somebody else to do it. Mm, (laughs) Because it's just like my time and their expertise, they could do it so much faster. Right. For $150, sure, Mm -hmm. yes. Then I would rather like sacrifice that headache. So there are things that you just like encounter like that you just, and you can see them as obstacles because you just never encounter them. You have to like ask questions. So you have to like know where to look um, and know, uh, and also just like, ask questions to um uh, look up like via like google or like your other and then other thing is like you find other entrepreneurs that are like doing the same thing you do too so there's a whole bunch of resources out there if you simply like look Look for it yeah yeah especially with the internet it's insane (laughs) the amount of information that's out there so knowing where to look i like the idea of reaching out to folks who are already doing you know what you're doing i mean there's a lot of time that can be saved when you don't necessarily, like you don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to that, uh, you know, those small details. Um, And you had already, 
built, you know, you already had a career with different types of experiences. So um, you mentioned delegating and, you know, bringing in people who could do it faster. So how fast did you get comfortable with, um, you know, handing off responsibilities for Um, your business? I will say that I'm still a work in progress in that because I still do a lot of work myself. Um, partially because of the cost savings <laughs> yeah but when in, in terms when it comes to like like hiring a cut and um a customs clearance company to clear my goods from uh with customs like that was something that i had to learn and i just okay i was like thinking the time it takes me to learn how to fill out this form correctly and have to submit it to customs within their own working hours and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm going to save myself a lot more time. But um, I did learn how to delegate more when I hired my first assistant. His name is Lake and yeah. he's awesome. Um, and, uh, and was like a friend first. So that was easier. But um I think like it just came in with my previous work experiences and working with um, associates or with working with um, interns too. So yeah. it was such a huge help. Like every, cause I've worked in advertising. I've worked in like small businesses as a buyer. I've worked like around college when I was a sales associate to like being a VIP host at a club. Like there's just so many different ranges that they all kind of like tie in together. And, and really helped you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what are you hoping to, um, you know, what are you striving to achieve in this business? Um, when did you feel, because it probably, it comes from, I think a very personal spot, especially the, you know, the Ethiopian component to that. So what are you and your father hoping to achieve with this business? Um, at the end of the day, what I really enjoy is that like when we when we went to visit a couple years ago, me with our vendor, he was so excited for us to come and visit and see his new workshop because he's like the same age as I am, like 31. Um, he, we kind of helped each other grow our business at the same time. Like yeah. when he needed help, he would lean on me. When I needed help, he would lean on me. And he had this like brand new workshop and has like four to six like employees, like crafting not just for us but he also has other international clients too from Canada or Portugal um it really resonated well with me because like we were his very first clients and customers and we are the ones that helped him launch his business and so um that is like at the end of the day what my dad and I like strive to do is to keep duplicating that business model of helping other artisans start their own businesses and hire other artisans at the same time. Right. And he is all win. Um, and to see like our orders grow from like $500, like to $10,000, which is like just a big thing <laughs> that it just, he's just like, this is amazing. This is great. I'm really excited. Um, and to, we also went to Zanzibar uh, last year. Mm while we're like we went to Ethiopia, went to Zanzibar. I'm like, let's do this again. So we partnered with a woman who um, sold uh, handmade brass and silver cuffs or just jewelry instead. And so we partnered with her and like wanted to, we fostered that kind of relationship as well. Um, So the goal that what we, my dad and I want to do is to keep duplicating this business model around the world. 
or other artisans, women of color, um, yeah. and, and just a range of different um, departments too. So when it comes to apparel, to footwear, to home decor, um, I think that's where I really, really want us to grow and go yeah. um, and and grow online. And I also love like curating an amazing like experiences because part of like when you come to like one of our pop-ups is that you get to see our leather goods and smell the leather and touch and feel how soft it is, um, which is something that like I just love every experience for. Um, so I want to keep doing that and keep um, growing that that side of our business. I love the partnerships that you you know have engaged with. Um, how do you? Okay, you said you want to duplicate that type of business model. So when you're when you're traveling, you always have an eye out for you know cool pieces that really align with your brand and. How do you approach them with this business opportunity? Um, so we're in Zanzibar. I met this woman. She was like, man, it was her family shop. And she had just had amazing pieces. And I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah. I, was, I want two of those, two of those. So she kept seeing like, I was like, oh, she's trying to buy a lot. And um, then I just asked her like, do you ship overseas? Do you like import export? Can we do, I just asked questions. Yeah. And she was just a very sweet woman. Um, her name is Faiza. And um, so yeah, so I just, that's how I kind of approach it. And then I just take their business info and then we just connect again via email or WhatsApp or Viber, like whatever type of um, communication. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Like, yep. Where the internet can go. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's how I, like, I foster those relationships. Very organic. And, um, yeah. Mm. And so let's talk a little bit about business differentiation and what do you believe that, you know, is a key thing that, uh, makes Uno S kind of stand out because, you know, when people were approaching you before you, you and your father launched this business, it seemed like this is, these are not products that they had seen before. Um, beautiful, like just classic pieces, I think that are, that go really well with whatever you're wearing. Um, so what do you feel is a key differentiator, you know, amongst other products? Um, I think the simplicity of it. Um, and we don't have our logo on the outside. Like you won't know until you look on the inside of the mm -hmm. back. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, like you said, that was very classic and simple, like aesthetic that like a range of different and that's the funny thing about like our customers, like they range from like 18 to like 70 and both men and women um, of all ethnic backgrounds, of yeah. all different kind of like uh, style aesthetics too um, and taste. So I think that because it can match or go with a, a bunch of different um, people is like one of the reasons why people kept approaching us about it mm -hmm. also just like the color of the leather like we have this one color that's like called i call it light gray it's also like stone it's kind of taupe but you don't see that kind of gray color very often also i have like a nile blue you don't see a lot mm -hmm. of blue leather out there um yeah. but also the way that like our walnut color patinas over time it gets really rich and warm as you start to wear it yeah in rain it 
the way that it absorbs like the sun, the way that it absorbs, like I've spilled barbecue sauce on it. And like, I just simply cleaned it with like warm water, mild soap, and it's gone the next day. So mm. I think it's just kind of like the quality of the leather that kind of like really shows through. And mm -hmm. I, you don't have to do it with studs or like all sorts of jazzy things. <laughs> as much as I love those, but you know, for different types of looks, but for an everyday classic and casual kind of bag, like this is what I wear. Mm. You also on your website highlighted how every piece is unique mm -hmm. and because they're handmade. Um, do you think that also plays a piece into it? I think so too. Yeah, definitely. Because like each shade is like one now blue bag and another now blue bag. They might be different by like a percent. <laughs> like mm -hmm. one could be a little darker, one could be a little lighter. So you can never really um, fully get exactly the same kind of thing so and some like leathers i mean it is a skin so you will see different like um different markings that are different from the hide um so yeah and you'll and as you wear it too like as you it sees you can see like the kind of like journey that you go on like mm -hmm. where you've gone um so yeah. like your travel companion for real <laughs> love it um Zamara, what are some of the things that really surprised you about being a business owner, uh, you know, working for yourself? Um, hmm. Some things that were really surprised me was that um, I, I struggle with um, organization. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to live by like my calendar, like what is actually in my calendar, then I will know like exactly what I'm doing. Mm. That keeps even me organizing this, this episode. <laughs> right. I was like, wait, it's not on my calendar. Oh my God. Like I need to confirm that it's happening. Love it. Love it. Like I'll have, I, every morning I have like a power hour, I call it. So I wake up at like six, six thirty, yeah. and, um, I do like a 20 minute meditation followed by like, I write in my gratitude journal, of everything that I'm grateful for, and then I work out. Like, those are the three things I need, at least two out of three that I need to do to, like, set my day yeah. um, to be, like, as effective and positive and focused as possible. So I think one of the things that surprised me is, like, I really need to be, like, super on top of my self-organization and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> I think that's the, the one of the things that most surprised me, for sure. Mm. And were there any... Like with regards to taking risks and risk taking, um, tell me about one that worked out really great for you, and maybe one that didn't work out so well, and and what you learned from both. Because I'm sure that you know in this journey there are so many highs and you know as well as lows. Yeah. And you said that you were basically like learning as you you know as you went with your father. So um, yeah, talk about some of the risk aspects the biggest risk I took was leaving my full-time job mm. <laughs> and becoming a full-time entrepreneur um that is huge because like when you have a paycheck like that is your biggest like security net like okay I can still pay my bills and pay for my mortgage and have health insurance and have someone to contribute to my 401k mm -hmm. uh, so that was my biggest risk that I took and it was the biggest payoff because not only did I become incredibly 
like much happier because I was like doing what I wanted uh, and not being told what to do, which is kind of one of the things I didn't like that I realized about myself. I'm like, I don't like being told what to do. (laughs) Um, And that literally like kind of the sky is like, there is no limit to what you want to do. Um, And you can, what I really wanted, I knew it, I knew in my life, like I wanted to design my own life. Like I wanted to, as opposed to designing bags, I wanted to design the way that I lived and how I lived. And, um, and there's, I don't have a day that's exactly the same ever. Um, so that's one of the biggest things, but I noticed when I did take that full time leap, like my sales went up through the roof. Um, and because I invested in myself, I took that risk on myself. I bet on myself, which is something that was like the biggest thing that um, a lot of people don't do because it's scary. It's really scary. But once you do it and you just like swimming, you're just like getting your feet like wet and you're trying to keep your head above water, like yeah. you, you get used to it. You know what I mean? And then you get, you're, then you're floating. You know what yeah. I mean? It just gets easier and easier. Um, one of the biggest risks that I took that failed was investing like almost $8,000 into, um, Google AdWords recently. Um, and this was in part of like our, like our strategies to grow online. And that was terrible. Like it did not work out for us very well at all. Um, so yeah, there are some things that like, you're going to try, you have to try everything. Cause then like, you will never know. Like, um, good thing is the tax write off because it's an expense. <laughs> marketing expense. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. We got lots of traffic from it, but in terms of like conversions, they're like very minimal. So, um, I think that's just like, you have to test everything, you know, and that's just like one of the, one of the things about like growing a business and you're going to take L's everyone is going to take an L like Diddy just posted a video about how he took L's all 2018 like yeah. and that made me feel so much <laughs> better in a sense I mean in terms of like even billionaires do yeah of course so. and I think with the, with social media especially um it's almost like you well you only you get a curated view on people's lives right and the 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 belief or the idea that people don't and I don't like to use the word fail because I think you learn from all those experiences and it informs how you would keep going and iterating. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try the next thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely not a unique thing. And mm-hmm. as soon as you got comfortable and you were talking about, you know, being able to swim in that, in that experience. Um, but what were some of the things that you were telling yourself when you, before you decided to take the jump? Because of course it was, you know, a risk and, you weren't going to get that steady paycheck, but, um, um, so what I, the things I did to prep myself before taking the jump was making sure that I had like at least six months of like savings for my life, (laughs) my livelihood for food, for car note, for all the time, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I had to make sure I to do that and then measured like our forecast of what we're going to do the next six months as well. I also did a crowdfund for $10,000 and that helped like propel our business too. Amazing. Um, and like the basis of it is to have a plan. You can't right. just be all like, Oh, I'm just going to quit my job and be all willy nilly and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And if like shit really hit the fan and it wasn't working, like I could like Uber, like 
be an Uber driver or Lyft or something like that. Like that's another thing I could do like around my schedule. Um, and I would have to, I just like would try every single thing before like um, getting another job. I mean, I'm very employable, but. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Cause I think before it seems like you attacked every fear with logic and reason and you know, you weren't jumping in blindly, but even though you didn't necessarily know what was going to be on the other side of that, uh, you know, jump, there was still a, a blanket that you kind of set for yourself, an emergency fund, as you mentioned, um, which is so powerful. Ziamara, like you talked about how it has just brought you so much, ha much more happiness in your life to be able to control your lifestyle and do the things that you want to be doing every day. So um, honestly, kudos. Thank you so much. I mean, I will say it's not like all roses and no. unicorns. Like there will be days yeah. where like, fuck, what did I do? Like I need to go back and like email my boss. There are going to be some days where you're going to be like, did I make the right decision? Crap, blah, blah, blah. Like there are going to be days where you're going to be stressed and super anxious. Like you will, sometimes you will stay up all night, like thinking, mm. did I make the wrong, wrong, right decision, wrong decision. Um, and I think it's also like a matter of having faith that like things will work out the way that you want them to. And you have to put in the work to make sure it does get there. Like, like everything you, you have to put your entire life on the line, um, to make things work. So yeah. And don't be afraid of failure because you're going to, everyone's going to fail like the, the rest of your life. Like that is a hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah. Um, but it's just all about like, the lessons you learning from everything those mm -hmm. two so celebrate every win <laughs> no matter how small for sure right exactly. and a theme that i kind of hear is that you know a lot of the times it's it's kind of lonely you know when you're starting on this new venture yeah. and although you do have a business partner um <clears throat> how how did you deal with the loneliness and maybe talk about your support network your oh, support absolutely. system and how important that is it's funny, I was just telling um, one of my friends, um, when I, a lot of my friends are not in business, like my, they're teachers, they work um, for the government, they do real estate, like, not like retail, not business, or I didn't even have that many like marketing friends, to be honest, mm. um, until I started like working in that career. But um, when I started working doing pop-ups and like markets and trade shows and stuff is when I started to meet other business owners of different brands. That is when I started to build my network. And um, then we kind of like created this kind of like little group of friends and that we like collaborate with. And a lot of collaborations are really great too. So partnering yeah. with store owners to do pop-ups and stuff like that. Um, and that's how I get, we share like knowledge and resources um there are lots of so that is how like i cured like my loneliness and because it's it can be a very like lonely path of like making decisions and um i'd have to reach out and like get get a mentor yeah. too and get an advisor um and because while like it's great having a partner like my dad but he's also doesn't have that background. He's a political science professor in Sacramento. Like he's living a very cush, like laissez-faire life, you know? Um, so like, this is more, he's more like 
this is your business. I'm just here for support kind of thing. Okay. Um, I was like, okay, dad. <laughs> so anyway, it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's creating your network and like keeping them close by. Yeah. Uh, building a community is so important mm -hmm. um, because like you, you find folks who are, you know, having the same, like going through the same decision-making that you, that you would, and although they might not be the same decisions, I think the process and like sharing resources, as you mentioned, um, and also tips for what worked for them is also uh, really great. Um, can you maybe share some like words of encouragement for folks who, you know, may feel, you know, have an idea, but may feel stuck in terms of starting any words of encouragement that really helped you in the early days? Um, sure. I feel there's, I would say to keep going um, and keep working on it, like keep going because um, you never know where it's going to take you and it can morph into something else completely different that you just never really knew. Um, and also, and make a plan like, and start on a business plan, even if you don't even know like kind of what that is, but get a template and start filling stuff out. And that's when the magic kind of really happens is when you start to like brew on this idea that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and know that a lot of ideas that became billion dollar businesses, people were laughed at, mocked at, like they're the entire time in the beginning. Yeah. Um, like in creating like Airbnb, Airbnb, um, MySpace, Facebook, like all those types of Snapchat. Like, I mean, those are apps, like these silly people thought they're maybe they're silly apps that became like multi-billion dollar businesses um, <laughs> yeah. that you can really um, create wonders with. Um, and so I would say to keep going and to keep like, keep the magic happening in terms of like brainstorming and making a plan mm. um, and having someone like review it like someone who's a and and don't care about what other people say like because they just don't really like not everyone knows is is a fortune reader fortune teller <laughs> <laughs> and no one you know it, it's tough especially during the inception phase no one is going to see your vision the way you do and I think you got to protect it. You got to protect your, your idea for sure. Um, so again, I'm honestly so grateful that we, that we had a chance to chat. Um, the last, the last two questions I ask all my guests are, um, so the first one would be like, what is your go-to resource when it comes to, um, entrepreneurship or like starting your own business, whether that's a book that you found very helpful or, um, you know, a podcast that you listen to, you talked about mentors a lot too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm like a big advocate for using like tools. Like I, it's hard in your head to like get yourself into like a mindset, you know, like, so for me, I use tools to create like my most positive and productive and focused mindset. So with that, so say um, I love podcasts. So I listen to like Tony Robbins podcast or Gary V, um, girl boss. Like there's a bunch of different podcasts that I like circulate through, um, to hear what other people are doing, what like really successful people success, success was, um, yep. 
one of my favorite books is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Um, the Power of uh, Positivity. The Secret. Like, that was – I read I read that book and watched the DV back, like, my sophomore year in college. And that changed my life. As cheesy as, like, it may seem on the DVD or, like, what it may be, but the – law of attraction, gratitude, um, living a positive mindset. Like those are key factors of how I live my life and what has kept me sane (laughs) throughout this whole like crazy throughout my twenties. Um, so it's using tools and, um, kind of like, and when you read the think and grow rich, like is it creating like your mastermind group of people who have, um, amazing skill sets that you don't have that you can leverage and that you can help another person too. And, um, yeah. Amazing. And yeah, support network, super, super crucial. Any, t- any, you mentioned organization at the beginning <laughs> and <did>. like setting. <laughs> um, so are there any tools that help you with time management? Um, Anything regarding, you know, your calendar and, and setting your days and setting your intentions? Um, I use my Google calendar kind of like a Bible. Um, so I can really, so I can review, I like to review it the night before, before I go into my next day. So I can like make sure I have my day set. Right. But I put in everything like gym, power hour, like um, even factor in like driving time so that I can actually see like where my gaps are in my day or if if I have any gaps, oh, I'm like, oh, hey, I have a really free day today because literally no day is the same. Um, and so that's one of my biggest organizations in terms of like my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, social media, I like to use Plan Ollie. Um, yeah, okay. It's really great to use and to just like analyze like what are my like top like posts and all that kind of stuff and analyze engagement. Um, this is what's, what's doing well and what the audience is right content resonates with your audience as well like i posted a plate of food <laughs> and it was like the the stats were off the chart so i was like okay i was like, <laughs> like some injetta and some what that my grip my aunt made in adi so i was like this is amazing you guys yeah. are really ethiopian food okay maybe yeah. this is that people love ethiopian culture that follow me Maybe yeah. I should post more stuff about that. So that has my mind thinking of like different things I want to do. So yeah. So those are my top two like organization kind of things like my Google calendar and um, my plan only. Mm-hmm. Uh, love, I honestly, I use my calendar and I set in everything to, you know, by the, by the hour. And I find like when you mentioned those gaps, for example, um, you know, if I'm walking to or from somewhere or I'm on the bus, I think, you know, using those times to, um, you know, read a book, re- you know, listen to a podcast are, are ways to just get your mind um, in a really good place as well. Yeah. Hi, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And very fitting for the Power of Vibe podcast is Ziamara. And I mean, we kind of, there are threads throughout this whole conversation. And, you know, with regards to, to what you shared, talking about why you were doing this and why you are on this journey. But, you know, if you were to put it into um, a few sentences, what's your why? What do you strongly believe that you were, you know, meant to do during your time here? What would that be? 
Um, I feel that my was truly meant to be here to, um, empower others while empowering myself. Um, and I, through my love of travel, <laughs> um, I really believe that those are like, that's kind of like my why. Um, and in terms also, which is another, I, another part of this is also reaching back to my roots, but also helping my family at the same time. Like yeah. my family is, I'm an only child. So like my family is like my, they're my rock. They're like my everything to me. Um, and I do everything because I want to support my family, um, mm -hmm. and support my parents and especially when they get really old and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Kind of like my future, whatever that may be. Um, I only, I have a fur dog, a fur baby, not an actual baby. So I don't know what that looks like, but my family and empowering others is my reason why that I do what I do. <laughs> uh -huh. And you find that just drives everything, including the, like, I feel like your why is such a powerful thing, especially when you're tuned into it in that when you're going through certain times or feel like you're about to quit or just don't really want to do it anymore um it's really nice to have you know a compass and um you know a purpose or feel like you know there's a greater reason that i'm on this journey um that helps you overcome anything so absolutely thank you so much for sitting down with me zmr i really appreciate it awesome thank you so much for having me um it's just been a really fun talk Hey there, thank you so much for watching this week's episode. I hope you took at least one thing that you could implement today to strengthen your self-awareness muscle.